This Week in the Function Room, episode 38, The Grand Owl Stretch. On the day of the earliest sunset in Dublin, my guest is Aver O'Hanlon, who more than anyone else knows how to call it a day. He has been the curator of the Owl Stretch Twitter account, now on Mastodon and Blue Sky, for the last eight years. Each day he gives people a bit of hope and a warning about the length of their day. We talk about earth tilts, the weirdness of leap years, how do you know the sun has set, the importance of a smidge, a nice little meditation on darkness and light. Hope you like it. My name is Aver O'Hanlon and I'm uh, an IT professional, have been for the last uh, nearly 30 years or now. But uh, ever since I was a child, I was interested in space and astronomy. So over the, the years, I've built up an interest, a reading interest really more than anything else in space and astronomy. And that brought me ultimately to uh, the point of being the admin of the, the old stretch account. Very good. We're going to get you to say what the admin of the Owl Stretch account is in detail, but it's a lovely job title to create for yourself, isn't it? This is the joy of social media and the internet that you can, you know, you can define yourself now as somebody completely new. So you're the admin of the Owl Stretch uh, account. First of all, tell us for non-Irish listeners, what is the vernacular that is the Owl Stretch? And I emphasize the there's an extra h in there as well right. too it's not just stretch it is, yes. it's a it's, it's a stretch uh, i got in a little bit of trouble with that extra h which i'll tell you about later um okay so the when i was growing up and i'm sure you would have experienced it too there was a lot of colloquialisms around and one of them was a, a greeting that you would have uh for meeting somebody during the springtime it would be how are you there's a grand old stretch in the evening and it's That's the equivalent right. of it's it's a, it's a soft old day or it's a, there's it's nice and mild today isn't it and it, it it was a it was the icebreaker but it was uh to point out how during the spring particularly the early spring we'd get to the point that we would realize and recognize and see that the evenings are beginning to get brighter and that's that was a source of happiness a source of joy for people so it was always worth it, worth commenting on when meeting somebody and indeed uh, i noticed in a newspaper once it had made the leap from common or garden greeting there was a headline in the leitrim observer i saw it on january the 11th and the headline was evenings getting brighter so they were this is quite early in the in the year they were reporting before the mainstream media got a hold of it. Clearly, they were remarking. Sco- clearly, trying to scoop everybody else. <laughs> exactly. I'll tell you, all all news starts as local news. Yes, indeed. So, uh, more than it, this, we've all and I indeed I noticed and growing up as well too. It is, it's a statement of hope, indeed, as we come to as we're in the days now, as I perceive it, and I know you'll. You'll correct one of those perceptions that it's we're recording this on the 12th of December. I perceive myself there's only nine days left to a, a certainly a metaphorical turn in the year. And everything changes after that because it kind of has it's, well, something has to keep us going during January. I don't know. Have we ever in 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 our chats, you know, people when they're stopping each other on the road and saying grand stretch in the evenings. It's a qualitative term. But the quantification of it is something that maybe we haven't done a whole lot of. We know how long the day is on the shortest day and how long the day is on the longest day. But what's actually happening in between? You took that a little bit further than other people. 
Well, it, it, it was the main point of my starting the whole uh, whole thing. Um, and it, it, again, it goes back to my uh, childhood. Uh, I vividly remember one Christmas period. It was the day after the solstice. So it wasn't quite Christmas, but we were all there. Uh, my parents, my uh, siblings and my seven of us around the table. And we were just remarking about how it's uh, yesterday was the solstice, and my father said, "All right, there's a grand old stretch in the evening," which was very incongruous because it, yeah. it's not something that he would typically have said. But uh, that the way that he said it, plus the fact that it was just the day after the solstice, it was a, it was very funny. Yeah. But what happened then was is that. Uh, uh, we latched on to the humor and reasonably quickly over the course of the 90s, particularly when we started getting mobile phones and been able to text each other, we'd try to see which of us among the siblings would be the first to remark on the grand old stretch in the evening. And having been familiar, uh, built up the familiarity with the astro- astronomical phenomena involved, I knew that the difference between the sunset time on the solstice and the following day would be measured in seconds. Uh, it was yeah. getting increasingly frustrating. It was becoming one of those jokes that just it is not remotely funny. And so uh, I, I mentioned my frustration to a friend of mine. And what he thought about uh, funny about it was is that he was going to get in on the act. So he kept texting me for uh, four or five Christmases. So in the end, I c- calculated out the differences, the difference, the sunset uh, time for every day of the year. And you could see it grow and you could see it shrink. And certainly around this time of year is measured in seconds. For example, tonight on the 12th of December, the sunset time is a mere four seconds later than tomorrow's sunset which on the 13th which is going to be the earliest sunset of the year of 23 and uh, and again on the 14th it'll set at the same time and on the 15th it'll set four seconds later and that's when the evenings start to get brighter so having seen that uh, knowing that I, I, I resolved to annoy my friend by not just uh, by responding every day to tell him what time the sunset was and how long the grand old stretch in the evening was which is a huge amount of work if you want to send it via text message every single day at sunset and I had recently come upon Twitter and I had recently developed a, a desire to learn some programming using the Python programming language so I decided I might as well write this up as a uh, development project and on the 12th of december 2015 i launched the twitter account the old stretch which does exactly that at sunset time every single day it sends a message telling us what time the sun has set and how long the stretch is tonight oh well happy birthday although it's not quite a birthday because you you left twitter then uh, when a certain person took over or at least you've you've parked it you've gone to an a new platform doing the same thing just for people i'll get that out of the way at the start of people looking for the stretch information i mean they could probably map it back to each of the preceding eight years but if they want to find it in real time they can find you in mastodon isn't that right yes and just today i launched on uh, blue sky as well so oh, very I'm, good. I'm on both of the platforms now very good well the first bombshell uh, for me um is of course that the shortest day is not the day of the earliest sunset. That's correct. And uh, like 
I don't know why I never interrogated that as a, as a thing before. For some reason, I think we like symmetry and we assume mm. the nights and days draw in perfectly symmetrically about the June and December axis. And I'm using the word axis wrong, of course, because there's all sorts of... The, the word axis is very applicable in this. First things first, though, what defines a sunset? Like, where are you standing? Yes, yes. <laughs> and yes. where is the horizon that you can say the sun is finally gone. How, how is the disappearance of the sun defined? Yeah, and now I, I must say, with respect to the old stretch, I do take liberties. Um, <laughs> and it's in part to maintain the persona. Um, so the, the, the location, the assumed location of the sunset is if you're standing uh, just beside the flame outside Bosaurus in uh, Dublin, in Dublin 1. Um, okay, and uh, the the sunset is if you can imagine that particular point being at sea level and no city around you and no mountains and no land. It's when the sun crests the horizon when it drops below the horizon. Now, where I've taken a liberty is is that it takes about a minute for the moment that the, the lower limb of the sun, that's what the astronomers use, uh, okay. uh, touches the horizon to the moment that the upper limb of the sun disappears below the horizon. So that's about a minute or so. And uh, But the, the old stretch announces uh, the sunset time to the precise second. And we do that, I, I say we, I, I do it uh, as uh, part tongue-in-cheek, um, and but I can't really tell you which, <laughs> whether it's the, <laughs> the lower limb or the upper limb or the center of the sun that is uh, that at that precise second. But the main thing is whatever it, whatever you're doing, it's the same every day. So you know it, 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 exactly, exactly. So, so if you're wrong, you're wrong every day the same way, which makes you right. Yes, and if somebody <laughs> right wants enough. to, if somebody wants to take me up on it and correct me, they're welcome to go back through the eight years of the old stretch and uh, add thirty seconds or subtract thirty seconds. And so that's your definition in general. Official definitions of sunrise and sunset that's taken from a stationary, a weather station looking in a particular direction with a clear line of sight to somewhere is that how they do it I, I don't i don't actually think that you need a clear line of sight um in the sense that you can assume where the the horizon okay. is going to be um and it's it's on the definition of this um of of a space as flat as the sea and as low as the sea um and the, the rest of the calculations are done on that basis and so what, and, you, uh, what you have to be careful of is, is that if you're in a a valley you can't say the sun set here four hours or, or uh, 40 minutes before everywhere else simply because it just went down below the top of the mountain. So Yeah, that's just a shadow. Yeah, that's, exactly. It's one of those things, I presume, as you started to look into it, uh, much as we, you know, when we're in school or when we're younger, we get a simplification of the world, mm. of numbers, of days being shorter days or all that kind of thing. And when you start to look into it, you find the little wobbles and everything. Yes. So we've already established the sun doesn't, the the earliest sunset is the 13th. 14th is the same. Yeah. Starts to creep later than on the 15th. When is the, on the 15th, when is the 
latest sunrise. Okay, so normally the earliest sunset is just on the 13th, but this year is a little bit anomalous and I, I, I want to know why, but I haven't looked into it quite yet. Um, normally the latest sunrise takes place on the 29th and the 30th uh, of December. So okay. um, I, uh, I often find it a little bit chilling and a little bit funny that uh, people get very excited at the Grand Old Stretch starting in the evening uh, evenings and that means that it's the morning as well and I have to burst yeah. that particular bubble and let them know, no, no, we have another eight days after the solstice to wait for that. Yeah, the Lord giveth but the Lord has to take away <laughs> exactly kind of thing. That, yeah. So just so we're clear, the 21st of December or thereabouts mm-hmm. is the winter solstice more or less every Correct. year and that's yeah. that's not a percent that's uh i don't know is that halfway between the two but anyway it is the shortest day between it, it, the jigs it, and the reels it is halfway between the two now the 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 interesting thing about it is, is that like we have a day of the earliest sunset and we have a day of the latest sunrise and they're precise times because that's when the event actually takes place but the solstice itself is a precise moment it's not just mm. the day um and so this year, the solstice takes place at uh, very early in the morning, uh, around about three o'clock in the morning of the uh, December the 22nd. Yeah. Normally, it's December the 21st and three years uh, out of every four is the 21st. And on the third year, on the fourth year, the year immediately before the leap year takes place on the 22nd. And okay. uh, we, we can measure the earliest sunset and the earliest sunrise uh, of being about eight, seven or eight days on either side of the solstice. Um, just to pick it up on one thing you said there, again, highlighting my own ignorance, you described the solstice as a point. Yes. Like, you know, and I, my perception of the solstice is that it's the day. So yes. first of all, uh how would I say, decouple me from that particular piece of nonsense. So the solstice, what is, what is the solstice exactly? What defines it? Is it where the sun is or something? Um, it's, I, I try to articulate this a few times. I think this is the best way to put it. It is the moment at which the sun is highest in the sky, somewhere on the earth, at the lowest possible latitude. Okay. Okay. So um, at that precise moment, somewhere on the earth, the sun is, is the highest it's going to be for that for that pl- particular place, right? Yeah. And that particular place is n- no further north than anywhere else that the sun can be overhead, directly overhead. And That's what you mean. A, a, a minute later, the earth has turned a small little bit, so the person standing directly underneath the sun has moved on a little bit, and maybe the other person who is now directly underneath the sun necessarily is just a small bit further north as the, our first person. And so okay. at that precise moment, the sun stops moving down south and starts moving back up again. Okay. Uh, and the equator is z- is the zero latitude, is that right? So that's, that's correct. Our- that's correct, yeah, so as yeah. l- when we, w- you you didn't say equator on purpose, I presume, because you can never say it's exactly there, but the lowest possible. Uh, sorry, it's not. It's the Tropic of... Um, it's it's, it's, it's the, the Tropic tropics, of Capricorn. Um, yeah. So we, um, so uh, yeah, the Tropic of Capricorn is that line that the sun can never, uh, below which, more south of which, the sun can never be directly overhead. Okay. 
Uh, and then by contrast, then in the summer, is it the sun going as far north as it can go? Exactly. Right. And so it, okay. gets, it gets to the point of the Tropic of Cancer, um, uh, which is the point at which any further north of that, the sun can never be directly overhead. And so the sun, so this, so that defines that solstice as a point, which is mm. in and around. Mm. And the knock-on effect of that is a shortest day. Yes. Further um, north. And um, let me get this, let me get this right now. Uh, all of this is because the the earth, even though it's a sphere, is at an angle. Isn't that right? So when, when we look at the, when we think of the earth spinning, it doesn't spin like a football hit perfectly in the middle with the outside of someone's boot and then spinning perfectly like with the equator spinning horizontally or whatever it's a it's a, it's a it's like a top that's slightly tipped over at a particular well, angle if if you imagine it um and i'm i'm not the biggest uh watcher uh football watcher but i could imagine uh david beckham kicking the ball and lobbing it and it has a nice curve on it and while it's uh, tracing that curve it's also spinning at a far greater rate and if you can imagine that the angle of the spin is uh, at a different is not exactly perpendicular to the angle of that curve of, of the plane that that curve is describing and yeah. that's that's how it is with uh, the earth and the sun so what you can do is if you could think about the, the path the sun the earth takes a around the sun its orbit right and if you imagine that that is that is a flat surface if you drew an elastic sheet a sheet of cellophane around the the whole of the orbit that's flat and uh, the the axis of the spin of the planet is actually not exactly perpendicular to it. It used to be, but there's an interesting story about that. Um, it's not yeah. exactly as uh, perpendicular to it, but it's now at an angle of 23 uh, degrees or so, a um, little bit more than 23 degrees, which results in, from our perspective, as we see it, the, the, the sun moving north in the sky and then moving south in the sky and doing that uh, motion up and down once every year. So if this, the Earth wasn't at, 23, wasn't at 23 degrees, mm. what would, our, would everybody, you'd have the same length of day for your, lat, uh, for your latitude all year round. Is that right? Same length of day for every latitude all, all year round. It would uh, be yeah. 20, uh, 12 day, uh, hours daylight and 12 hours uh, nighttime for every latitude. Uh, and then the difference would be that the further, the closer to the North Pole you were, the sun would be hitting you at more of an angle. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas yeah. it'd be hitting you dead on on the equator. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, tell me that. It, tell me, it wasn't always this way. So that tilt is new, is it? It, it will. Relatively it, it's uh, relatively new to the age of the sun. Um, so I suppose if you go all the way back to the the start of the solar system, when the sun was born, it was born in a massive explosion of gases, and uh, which very quickly consolidated down into one great big ball of fire. Um, but that explosion resulted in um, a number of planets in the solar system moving about, many of which were moving in as uh, nearly circular orbits around the sun, but not all of them. And roughly about half a billion years after the sun um, was born, 
uh, what was the planet Earth, that the proto-planet Earth was crashed into by another planet roughly the size of Mars. Mm. And it uh, knocked Earth over slightly to the um, angle of 23 degrees. It uh, caused Earth to spin a lot faster. It's understood that uh, the rotation of the Earth was uh, um, a lot slower and therefore the day would have been much longer back then. And it also gave us our moon um, mm. the the splash of material off the collision ultimately uh, consolidated around a single point orbiting the Earth, which uh, came to be our moon. Okay, all right. That answers. I had that question for a long time. I kept on meaning to look it up, yeah. and now I know. Okay, so that uh, that solstice, three a.m. on the twenty second, we don't perceive that necessarily. That 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 doesn't impact our world uh, i mean it, it it dictates you know it's a it's a data point yeah. but does it change like is there wobbles what's like the fact that the earth isn't perfectly spherical you know is there a symmetry about the days of as the days get longer and the days get shorter or is it all a bit more rough than that it's it's measured in human lifetimes as it's symmetrical um mm. when you go longer than that you'll you'll start to see the deviations um i think the the one that i'm currently researching in terms of uh, getting some facts and figures together is the fact that uh, the difference between the 21st of December being the solstice for three years out of the four and the 22nd being uh, the fourth. And that's primarily because um, it takes a little bit more than the 365 days for the planet to go around the Earth. It's actually 365 and just a smidge shorter than a quarter of a, a day. And what that means is that if you take a point in time that is exactly in time with the Earth's year, that's going to shift by a quarter of a day forward every year uh, because our uh, the days and the year don't align exactly. And that's why we have a leap year. So it shifts a quarter of a day every year for four years and then we artificially pull it back um, for the on the fourth year to, to set things align. Uh, uh, aligned properly again with um, what we want for the seasons to do in the calendar. Um, okay. But if you, so uh, one of the things I researched there a few years ago is is the the tendency of those events, the solstices and the equinoxes over a number of centuries and how they move. And you can see that they are gradually getting earlier and earlier and earlier. So over the course of the next thousand years, um, our um, solstices and uh, equinoxes will pull back a day or so. Mm. Um and uh, uh, we have a resetting mechanism every 400 years to to, re- uh, to slow that pulling back um, towards a, an earlier day of the year. But ultimately, there's going to have to be a, a significant reset. Um, and at that point, civilization will probably have moved on to build yeah. a whole new different calendar. I know. And so we have we used this 400 year reset already? Twice. And so, though some countries have only used it once. <laughs> okay. And what shape does it take? Does February have 30 days or 27 days? Or pardon my ignorant question, what do they do? So we have a leap year every four years. 
Um, and so the, the formula is uh, if the number of the year, the year number can be evenly divided by four, it's a leap year, except if it's uh, evenly divisible by 100. It's not a leap year. So 1800 right. was not a leap year, nor was 1900. Um, and 2100 won't be a leap year either. But the next exception to it is, is that if it is divisible by 400, it is a leap year. So we lived okay. through the unusual century year that was a leap year. Um, and I say it was done twice because the calendar we're currently operating under came into effect in the Roman Catholic world in 1583 with the Gregorian reforms. Um, but the Anglican uh, world did not adopt the Gregorian calendar until the 1700s. So uh, we... In 1873, the, the next century year was 1600, so it was a leap year, and then 1700 was not, 1800 was not, 1900 was not, and 2000 was. Oh, okay. So I didn't um, realise yeah, there was so, extra complication. It, yeah, so, and, it, and it's still not enough, um, and it's yeah. all got to do with the smidge. Um, so I said it's a smidge shorter than a full quarter of a day beyond the 365, and the 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 decision to have uh, the century years not to be a leap year was to address that smidge. Um, so having it every four years, we were overcompensating, and that's mm. uh, that's why, for example, uh, <laughs> um, the vernal equinox, the spring equinox, uh, for us in the northern hemisphere, um, was it is on the 22nd and not the 15th which of March, which is when it was supposed to be. And then the Gregorian reforms came along. And so they compensated for the, the, the overcompensation that was the Julian calendar by taking out every um, three leap years out of every 400. But that now has resulted in an undercompensation, which isn't worked into the calendar but I'd expect it will be worked in um, in a couple of hundred years' time when that undercompensation has uh, is causing trouble with uh, the farmers, which is normally uh, who kick up fuss the first when, it, when the calendar goes awry. Right. It uh, sounds like it could be a small but crucial plot point mm. in a book or a film where there's an assumption of a leap year and some time distant in the future and that that missing day proves uh, very crucial. So you're tipping away, gathering this data. And what's it like? What's it like knowing a particular, the, the detail behind a thing that we take for granted? Does it give you a taste for other arcana related to uh, orbits, axes, uh, sunrises, sunsets, azimuths? <laughs> I see. A, I see a word here, Rahukalam. Are you familiar with that? I'm that, not familiar with also, that one. No. Apparently, it's because um, it's it's coming from your uh, the. Um, I just see it here. Uh, your Python script. I think it it takes it from a thing from the astral. Yes. It's from an astral library. Is that right? That's correct. So you, you're extracting this every tweet or Mastodon post or mm. Blue Sky post is automatically retrieving these this information from this library. Uh, for some reason, I'm picturing a giant astrolabe. And, uh, but obviously, it's just, it's just somewhere on a, on a data centre. 
Yeah. But this Python module, according to this, times for various positions of the sun, dawn, sunrise, solar, noon, sunset, dusk, solar elevation, solar, azimuth, and Rahukalam. And if I look up Rahukalam, uh, Rahukalam, apparently in Hindu astrology, is an inauspicious period of the day, not considered favourable to start any good deed on. So maybe you could uh, find, you could become a... Um, you could be extracting data for the Rahukalams for any given day. Does that sound promising? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I do with the with the old stretch accounts. Try to keep things uh, auspicious. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I think I've been spoken to over the course of the eight years or so. I've been spoken to angrily twice, which I think is probably a record for anybody who's yeah. been on Twitter uh, for that long. Um, it is. Yeah, you know, my own personal account has never been so lucky, but uh, yeah, uh, we we uh, I do my best to try to keep things light lighthearted and fun. I'm particularly sensitive to those who suffer from seasonal adjusted disorder, okay. um, yeah. because uh, nowadays is a tough time for them. So that's part of yeah. the the the, the what, the theme of what it is I'm trying to do with the old stretch. So you have to be very clear that while you're handing out a little bit of hope on sunsets, there's a, there's two more tough weeks to go through on the uh, the sunrises. Yeah. You mentioned earlier uh, you got into trouble uh, with the extra H in the owl stretch. Uh, I wouldn't have thought it particularly controversial, but was that one of your controversial moments? I, I grew up in uh, Athlone. And uh, Athlone is not a very big town, even though I grew up in the town. At least it wasn't back in the 1980s. So I would have been very familiar with a lot of uh, the local farming uh, community. And uh, they all would have spoken with strong Roscommon accents. And uh, a um, that's where the TH in stretch comes from, because that would have been typical of what uh, I would have heard when I was growing up. I made a comment referring to that, alluding to that on uh, Morning Ireland, one of the years I was interviewed, and uh, I was uh, taken to task for um, being unfair and unkind to my R- Roscommon uh, uh, friends and family. <laughs> People are very sensitive, aren't they? I used to get, because uh, I've written books with vernacular in the title, like I've written a book about Christmas called It's Earlier Tis Getting, mm. and somebody accused me of, I don't know, some sort of punch magazine level of pig in the parlour Irishisms, even though Shakespeare would have been a strong user of, of tizzes and tizzens. So yeah. there's no accounting for what people can rage about, but it must be at least comforting that what you that now after eight years uh, you've assembled all this data. Uh, what what can you do? What's next for your uh, hobby, which has become, you know, like it's fairly obviously, you know, you're not discovering new sunsets, but you are abstracting information that not everybody yeah. would know was available and you're making it available to lots of people. So that's science. You know, yes. what's, what's yeah. next in your um, in your science and your uh, your calculations? So, well, we'll we'll take the, the notion that the earliest sunset is uh, eight days or so before the solstice. When I started the, the old stretch, I didn't actually not actually know that. 
<laughs> it was um, I I was looking at the graph. I draw a graph, and you might have seen it on uh, the Twitter account. Uh, I I draw a graph to represent the the significance of the various events. And I was looking at it one day. I was about six months into the account, and I was looking at it and said, that does not align. The, the 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 earliest sunset does not look as though it's on a straight line, uh, vertical line with the latest sunrise, and so and I delved into it and that's what I discovered and I wrote it up, and I'm now able to help people understand the anomaly and uh, mm. it and and that as an anomaly it is great fun because we can start declaring the grand old stretch as, as a whole online community a full eight days and confuse the 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 minds of a great number of other people so what i'm continuing to do is i'm discovering new small anomalies there so the one that i'm uh, looking into right now is i'm trying to understand why it is that the length of the year is measured differently depending on what time of the year that you start measuring it or okay. what phenomenon that you want to use as your uh, reference point. And um, so the tropical year is 365.249 or 248 um, days long. But uh, there's another year that is 365.25 something, which is a full more than a full quarter. And I want to yeah. understand those. So I'm researching that at the moment. And I'm also uh, doing up a, 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 an explainer for why the, the solstice itself shifts from one day to the next and back. So say that again. So in different, depending on when you pick. So if you say on March the 3rd, this time next year. Yes. Is that, that that's technically a different length of time than if you said on June the fifteenth this time next year. Uh, yes, uh, measured in right. uh, in minutes, like uh, yeah. uh, But uh, um, we don't notice it because our our clock is no longer in any way referencing the movement of the planet. But yeah. it um, it's an it's an interesting thing. It's got to do with the fact that the the or, the orbit of the Earth isn't an exact circle; it's an ellipse, and therefore, yeah. as um, a, a phenomenon that was calculated by I think Newton, uh, as uh, an, a body goes or travels in an ellipse around a, a larger body, it is. The closer it is to the larger body, the, the faster it moves, and the further it mm. is, the slower it moves. And as a result, um, depending on what part of the year it is, the the amount of uh, minutes uh, between certain events will change. And okay. uh, it's it's an interesting one. It's a, one I'd like and to get some clarity on. Yeah, and although our clocks don't notice because our clocks are whatever dependent on the decay of a cesium atom yes. or you know, an electron falling over a waterfall, or I'm not sure what, exactly what it is. But does that kind of thing, does that affect anything? Or is it imperceptible? Does does nature know? Do wobbles like that, does it propagate into anything that you've found? No, no just confusion. <laughs> um, just confusion. Why does it do this? Why does it do that? And it, it's, it, it really is boiling down to a, I put it down to the fact that somebody wanted the trains to run on time. Um, if we say that the, the 758 train from Colester will be in Pierce Street at uh, seven, um, 8, 12, then the clock in both Colester and Pear Street need to be exactly 
mm. aligned with each other for those two statements to turn out to be true. Um, and that was the case back in the mid 1800s when uh, train travel meant that you could get from one town to another in a period of time shorter than half a day. And uh, there, and so the clocks needed to be correct. And so mm. what happened was, is that there was a, a decision roundabout then that the tying the clocks to astronomical events like the, the highest point in the sky that the sun can get to was a, a too uh, unreliable, too um, imprecise. And so they started to look for something else that would uh, precisely uh, measure time. And hence, we get to the point of the decay of the cesium atom. But mm. um, the consequence of that, of course, is, is that we have uh, the, the curiosity of the earliest sunset and the earlier sunrise happening on different, or the later sunrise happening on different days. Very good. Okay, well, I'm more briefed than I was <laughs> on this. I feel like I, I feel like I've got a tidbit for the next wedding I'm at. That's a little Indeed. bit of um, a little bit of small talk to uh, to bring it in. And yet, what what's behind it is some huge fundamentals of physics and orbits and axes and ellipses and uh, what what used to be referred to as heavenly bodies. So mm. uh, it must be nice to boil things down to seconds. These huge laws. Yes, uh, and uh, as I said earlier, that that's something that can get me in trouble because sometimes uh, boiling it down to seconds is over precision, and <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's part of the fun. Um, yeah. Well, look, you, once you've boiled it down to seconds, you can always roll it up to something else. But if you're starting mm. from the right point, then uh, that there's a confidence in that. Well, best of luck with the rest of your work, Aver you. uh, O'Hanlon. Is it something? Is it a lifetime pursuit? You can't see yourself retiring from looking at the sky and looking at your watch. Oh, I uh, no! I think that's going to be something that will always interest me. Um, uh, that I might look for a successor in the interest of the old stretch at some point. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I have three very happy, uh, eager children, so maybe one of them will take it on. Very good. Yeah, they can. It'll probably. It's probably something that they'll start prescribing as a mindfulness. Uh, exercise now you know uh, for all sorts of reasons well best of luck with however it turns out thank you so much for coming to the function room thank you Colin that was Aver O'Hanlon there curator of the Owl Stretch on Blue Sky at theowlstretch.bsky.social and on Mastodon at theowlstretch at mastodon.ie very important extra H there as well too in stretch S-T-H-R-E-T-H so that's the function room for this week on the day of the earliest sunset it's all downhill from here although the sunrise gets later as you heard for the next two weeks or so but either way uh, in January we'll all be partying away in the extra long days well with the extra few minutes for now Thanks very much for listening. If you would like, please review or share on the podcast platform of your choice. And seeing as this was an episode about stars, why not celebrate with a five-star review for the podcast if you want to. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.